Hi, welcome to the 183rd episode of Debate for Dummies. Yay! For our previous episodes, we have talked about the basics of debate, but today we have a special surprise. Today we are talking about Lincoln-Douglas debate. It's complicated, but we'll dumb it down for you. In the tournament, you get assigned the side that you'll debate on. The AF always goes first with a seven-minute constructive. After the AF gives their speech, the NEG has a chance to ask questions for a full three-minute cross-examination. After the first cross-examination, the NEG has eight minutes to argue the AF's case and gives their own. Then there's the cross-examination of the NEG by the AF. Cross-examination is an opportunity for both sides to search for and reveal weaknesses in their opponent's case. After the constructive speeches and the cross-examination, the AF gives their first rebuttal speech in which they respond to the NEG, rebuild their own case, and argue the NEG case for four minutes. Then the NEG will get seven minutes to respond to the arguments that the AF explains why the NEG was and explain why the NEG was superior and should win the round. Finally, the AF gets four minutes to respond to the NEG final arguments and explain why their case was superior and why they should win the round. Now let's go into a little bit more depth. Just for reference, we'll use the topic. Resolved in a democracy, voting ought to be compulsory. Here we go. LD is a debate based around morals, so let's look at some philosophers' perspectives. Michael Foucault would probably disagree with this because he's all about freedom and personal liberties. He would not be compliant with taking a right and making it mandatory. He would see it as oppressing people's freedoms of choice. Immanuel Kant believes in moral obligation and democracy, so he'd probably agree with this resolution because it enforces democracy by making people vote. He would believe that having this right would make it a moral obligation to vote. Niccolo Machiavelli would not agree with this because he thinks that we should embrace things like war and conflict that are a natural part of human nature. He basically believes that laws are made to be broken, so he wouldn't agree with making a new law. Starting with the AF's constructive, for this topic, the AF would explain up to three arguments. Examples would be citizens have a moral obligation to vote, government legitimacy, and less discrimination. These are just taglines for what you could say. You would normally extend these arguments throughout the speech. You could extend these by saying citizens are given a right and a privilege, and they should take advantage of it. Second, the U.S. has a 55.7% voter turnout, and and this number is declining as we speak. The U.S. has a low voter turnout than most other countries, and this delegitimizes our country. If If your own citizens don't seem like they care who their leader is or take him or her seriously, neither will other countries. Many states, such as Ohio, have lots of discriminate against non-voters. They have a law that allows them to strike voters' ballots or strike voters from the rolls if they haven't cast a ballot in three consecutive federal elections. State officials change their citizens' votes to make the candidate they want have a majority. By making voting a law, everyone is allowed to place their opinion. Some sources I could use for evidence are Pew Research and the Washington Post for my first contention about moral obligations fair vote and follow my vote for my second contention about um, government legitimacy and the new republic for my third contention about the ohio law make sure to have sources to back up your points they help to make your arguments more compelling then the neg would have three minutes to question the af on their case remember to have a direction when questioning this is how cross-examination might go do you agree with the fact that many people may be undecided on the election at the time So what would those people do if they didn't have an opinion and they were forced to vote? How would the government enforce this law? What is the definition of a right? Next, the NEG would give their constructive. In this, it's the NEG's job to kick their opponent's AF. 
I could give some points such as increasing the number of uninformed voters and how this goes against the U.S. Constitution. I could extend these points by saying uninformed voters are more likely to be misled by things like advertisements or money, according to the BBC. Therefore, their votes would need to be based on these criteria. This will lead to a future where candidates would need to have actual credentials. They just need to be able to convince voters with wealth, etc. This can also corrupt the U.S. government because you wouldn't have leaders who actually know how to deal with national or global problems. Our leaders would just be wealthy citizens that would make harmful policies, according to Forbes. I could also say that by increasing uninformed voters, you are dampening the voice of the majority. More than half of the voters vote randomly already, according to the Huffington Post, and this will increase if voting becomes a law. Uninformed voters vote randomly because a majority of them don't have an opinion, meaning less voting for the candidates more people actually want, explained by fair vote. The impact of this would be worse leaders for our country, leading to the inevitable downfall of the U.S. The second argument would be about how making voting mandatory is against our constitution and ideals according to the Heritage Foundation. Right now, voting is a right, a privilege in our constitution. We can't amend such a crucial part of our constitution that we have had for so many years. The U.S. is built on the fact of freedom and liberty. It infringes on individual liberty by not allowing people to not vote. The impact is that it would delegitimize the U.S.'s appearance to other countries if the U.S. doesn't follow its own foundation. Moving on to their case, when the Act talks about moral obligation, you have to see that if citizens don't have an opinion, moral obligation or not, they shouldn't be forced to vote. The government has a moral obligation to their citizens. They shouldn't take away their rights and make them vote. The second point about government legitimacy is directly contradicted by my whole case. You, you can clearly see that by making voting mandatory, it will do the exact opposite of legitimizing the government. Lastly, the third point about discrimination, the only example they bring up is Ohio, but they can't prove that the law will change once we make voting mandatory. Also, she tries to paint a picture of discrimination, but this isn't discrimination. There is no prejudice involved. This law only applies if you haven't voted in the past. Of course, you have to explain more on each point, but this is a general idea. Do you have any examples as to why voting won't work? And another question I could ask is, isn't tax paying and jury duty mandatory in our country? If so, why do you value voting over jury duty or tax paying? Next is the AF rebuttal for four minutes. This is where the AF attacks the NEG case and attempts to prove that the NEG's arguments are not as important or as impactful as the AF's. This is also a chance for the AF to rebuild their arguments and, if time permits, extend their own. This all has to be done in four minutes. You would first start by attacking the NEG case. For the NEG's first argument, you could say that many people do have an opinion, but they are too afraid to voice it because they are afraid of receiving backlash from friends or other voters. Making voting mandatory will get people's opinions out and help choose the best leader for the country. Making voting mandatory cannot be dampening the voice of the majority of the people that have an opinion that do not vote are forced to do so. There's a small chance that there's a candidate that agrees with nobody's beliefs. You could also say that the impact of the next second point would not work because while people do have a right to vote, citizens have a moral obligation to their country. Citizens already do, do their duties by paying taxes or doing jury duty. Therefore, because voter turnout is low in the United States compared to the rest of the world, it would delegitimize the U.S. even more if less people vote. The United States prides itself on being a democracy. However, it cannot do that if nobody takes advantage of their rights and actually votes. Now it is time to rebuild the AF case. The next states that the moral obligation or not, you can't make people vote if they don't have an opinion. This can be contradicted by examples in real life. It is a constitutional right to have a trial by jury. Therefore, American citizens need to serve jury duty. This is a requirement, and just like an election, the jury needs to hear both sides of the case and eventually vote on whether or not the defendant is guilty or not.
Many times, the people in the jury might not have a definite opinion on whether or not the defendant is guilty, but they make a choice anyways. This is related to voting because while some Americans might not have a definite opinion on who should be the president, they have a slight idea and they can vote based off of that. To defend the second point, I would say that the United States prides itself on being a democracy. It would delegitimize the government if nobody does their part in making the country a democracy. Finally, for our third point, we would say that the Ohio law is just one example and the and it will go away if citizens' ballots have to count. Try to fit all this into four minutes, even though it's a lot. It's okay if you can't, because the AF does have another speech after this one. Then the negro rebuttal for seven minutes. This is where you would attack the AF's case and rebuild your own case. You have to make this speech sum up why your side should be preferred because it's the last speech for the neg. This would be an example of how this might go. My opponent tries to make the argument that people do have an opinion on elections, and the only reason that they don't vote is because they'll be faced with prejudice from peers. Citizens' peers are more likely to be from the same party as them, so they wouldn't be under any scrutiny if the citizens wanted to vote. The fact is that they don't want to vote. If you don't buy this argument, you can see that the prejudice wouldn't go away and you'd be putting more citizens in danger. Then they try to paint you a false picture with an analogy comparing voting to jury duty and paying taxes. Well, let me give you another analogy. This argument is like an ox. Two points with a lot of bull in between. Jury duty and paying taxes aren't a moral obligation. They are laws that benefit our country and keep it running. This has nothing to do with voting because voting doesn't actually benefit our country, and it's a right. If citizens don't want to vote, then they have that option. This nullifies their first point as well. None of their attacks on my point about decreasing the voice of the majority have any actual relevance in today's round. People are voting randomly, and they couldn't care less about who the leader of our country turns out to be. Therefore, the people who actually vote for who they want have their opinions dampened. Lastly, they try to extend their argument of delegitimizing the U.S., but judge, don't buy this argument. The U.S. has an average voter turnout in the status quo, and it hasn't been delegitimizing the U.S. Not following its foundations and ideals would make the U.S. look bad globally and cause unrest within its own country. This invalidates their second point. As you can see, all of my opponent's arguments have been nullified and my contentions still stand, so you have to vote neg in this round. Finally is the AF second rebuttal for four minutes. While it might seem unfair that the AF only has four minutes to actually rebuild and attack the neg, this is where the AF has the advantage because they get the last speech to the judge and they can still rebuild whatever points they missed earlier. This is also beneficial because this broken up speech gives the AF more time to think of arguments, whereas the neg might be unable to think of an argument and waste a lot of their time. A seven-minute speech can also bore the judge and the judge will probably stop listening. However, if you have a short speech, the judge will still probably be listening until the end. The only disadvantage of having short speeches is that you might not get to say all of the points you wanted to say. Anyways, this is the time to rebuild your speech and explain to the judge why you might win. To start, you would rebuild your case again. First, you would say that why would voting not have to be a law because if jury duty and tax paying were not laws, then wouldn't they also be a moral obligation in an actual round however you should refrain from using rhetorical questions and phrase the question as a statement furthermore it would not harm the u.s and its citizens if voting became a law citizens still have to pay taxes and serve on a jury even if they don't want to as i stated earlier many citizens will have an idea of who they want to lead their country because there is at least one candidate who shares the same beliefs therefore citizens are still voicing their opinions based off of their beliefs even if they aren't completely sure who they want to vote for compared to other democratic countries the u.s has a lower world voter turnout of 55.7 percent as i stated in my case the united states will be following its foundations and ideals by making voting compulsory because the u.s is a democracy and if nobody votes then that would look bad globally uh-oh grab a parachute because there's a big drop
The neck dropped my Ohio contention in rebuttal. I can say that this means they agree with this point because they didn't say anything bad about it. After you rebuild your case again, you should have time to attack the neg and explain why your impacts matter over the negs. You would say citizens have other obligations to their country, such as jury duty. Also, making voting a law would restore the government of the U.S. in the eyes of other countries and increase voter turnout to help us get the best leader for our nation. This contradicts the next entire case. Therefore, the app should win the round. That's all for today's podcast. We hope that we gave you a general idea of LD debate. If you have any questions or concerns, please call 113-668-2255 or 11-DON'T-CALL. Thanks and tune in next time. Disclaimer, in a real round, refrain from using puns or foul language unless directed otherwise.